We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. It's fun Friday. Let's go. Post-draft fallout. The NBA draft last night was a blast. If you're with us over on the NBA front office show, that was a lot of fun. We got to talk a lot about the Lakers, all the the uh, the pick that they made at 35 with Max Christie. We got to talk about undrafted free agents. We also got to break down the entire draft with Sean Davis and Keith Smith. Today, we're going to talk about the Lakers, where they go from here. We'll talk from here. We'll talk a little bit about their draft as well, the players that they brought in. We'll talk about Summer League. We'll talk about, well, I have a feeling we'll talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook, trade possibilities, all that, and so much more. Thank you guys for joining me, coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook. It is a solo show, just me, but never really just me. It's me and all of you who are joining in live. If you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, please make sure that you do rate, review, and subscribe. Already seeing a lot of questions and comments coming in. People want to talk Lakers basketball, and I guess because I have a feeling we're going to spend a lot of time on the um, trade possibilities and the Kyrie Irving situation. Let's talk a little bit about the draft. So the Lakers, first and foremost, this is what we were hoping would happen. They traded into the draft. They got the 35th pick. That's what we wanted. We wanted to see the Lakers take the money that they still had sitting left over, begging to be used, and buy a draft pick with it. And they did. Now they had to give up a future second, but when you're getting the 35th pick, yeah, usually that's the case. You got to give up something more than just cash. And the Lakers did that. And they got a guy that they wanted. Rob Palenka talked about it in his uh, presser after the draft. Said essentially they had a group of players that they believed would be there at 35 and would not be there if they got a later pick. And Max Christie was one of those guys that they really had their eye on. I think this is an interesting pick for the Lakers. I like it. I like, of course, time will tell if it works out. But essentially, if it works, in my mind, you're getting kind of a player. And look, he's 19. We'll see how he develops. But right now, what I envision for him, and this can change, what I envision for Max Christie right now is something between Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Danny Green. 
if that if that makes sense to go with players that Lakers fans would be familiar with a three and D style player, but he's also fairly adept at coming off of curls. He's got great balance. He really squares his shoulders. Beautiful, beautiful shooting stroke. I mean, I'm talking like Svi Mikhailuk had a beautiful shooting stroke and that blew me away. Max Christie's like that, maybe better. It's so smooth. He didn't shoot well from three in college, but I'm not that worried about it. I think he's going to shoot just fine from three in the NBA, especially as he gets stronger. That's going to be key. 19 needs to get stronger. A lot of that's going to happen naturally over time. I'm not expecting him to be a ball handler, not expecting him uh, to be a point guard or anything like that. Um, Instead, I'm thinking that this is going to be a situation where um, (laughs) it looks like I will have a guest coming on with me. Be just one second here, but um, this is, a nice pickup for the Lakers and a guy that I think fits a skill set that a lot of people around the NBA really value and I think makes a lot of sense for this Lakers team moving forward. Not a guy that I am expecting to be a guy who plays right away, even though he said last night that he expects to be able to contribute. What else was he going to say? Is he going to say, no, 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 I'm not going to be able to play for a few years. No, of course he's going to say that he can contribute right away. So I like that. Six foot six with a six nine wingspan. Sean Davis is already sending me clips of his defense. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think this is a good pickup, particularly just given the skill set that matters in the NBA today. Let me grab my headphones here. So I can hear my guests when they when they do pop on here. But in any event, I liked who they went with at 35. It was it was Sean's favorite pick. It was the guy that he wanted, and the Lakers landed him. So Sean's two for two now. He picked Darvin Ham to be the Lakers head coach, and he picked Max Christie as the guy he wanted to see them target at 35, and they got him. Um, so that was great to see. Great to see, and again, I think it was a good pick. I'm excited to see this guy play in Summer League. Now, after the draft, and I've been saying this for a while, as soon as the draft ends, as soon as the draft ends, we were going to see undrafted free agents sign up for the Lakers, and, and sure enough, the Lakers used their two-way contracts, both their two-way contracts, and they were able to get a few different players. They got, um, they got, of course, Cole Switter. Interesting there with him because of the three-point shooting ability in addition to the size. And then Scotty Pippen Jr. Scotty with a Y instead of an IE, which is interesting, even though he's a junior. But in any event, Scotty Pippen Jr., Cole Switter. Uh, again, when we talk about skill set, you get in, in Pippen Jr., you get a scoring guard, a guy who can put the ball in the basket. And then in Switter, you get a shooter who's got size. And... So many teams are looking for that. So I think they landed a couple of really good prospects there. Sharif O'Neal, of course, gets a lot of attention. I'll be honest. I'm not high on him. I'm just not. I, I hope I'm proven wrong, but I think there's a reason why he only got a summer league deal. I didn't see a lot that said this is a NBA caliber player, but he had health issues. So who knows? I'm going to keep an open mind in summer league. I hope he shows out. He does great. But I'm not expecting as much as I'm expecting out of the the two-way contracts, of course. Cole Switter, Scotty Pippen Jr., and um, the draft pick, Max Christie. Expecting to see more out of those guys in Summer League. And then from there, the question becomes, is Austin Reeves going to play in Summer League? I've been asking. I've been asking. I keep getting told, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. They're not sure whether or not HBK will play in Summer League. Alexander Bryant says, I like the Max Christie pick. He is plug and play. Yeah, I agree. In fact, let's bring a guest on to talk about it. There he is. 
Guy, how you doing? There we are. There we are. Good, <laughs> man. Oh, it's a fun Friday. I'm excited. That's right. Man, uh, glad moves. you could hop on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I try not to ever miss a fun Friday if I'm if I'm home. So got a little bit of a different setup here. Hopefully you can hear me and see yeah, yeah. me very well. Okay. Yeah, it can uh, be fun. So yeah, I, I, I was obviously watching your talking draft. I'm really excited. You know, I, I admittedly don't. I didn't know too much. I've, I've since done a little bit of research, but didn't know a ton about Max Christie. Uh, but from what I see, I like. And I know you guys have covered this on a previous show, but uh, for people that may have missed it, don't let his three-point shooting percentage in college uh, fool you. Uh, Sean Davis has covered that, uh, that, you know, he, he went into a little bit of slump and that's how he got 32% before that first 18 to 20 games. He was saying it was around yeah. 36 to 37%. And from what I've heard it on this show and other people, what everyone says is as the kids, uh, shooting technique is, is extraordinary. So he yeah. looks like he's going to become a really good shooter and, and good defender. I've watched a lot of clips, decent shot blocker. I'm really excited for him. Oh, so this morning, right? I'm because we had a late night last night. I mean, yeah. between the draft, we did a three hour live show during the draft. And then we did uh, breaking down all the picks and everything afterwards. We did our Lakers Nation stuff. We did our podcast. So I'm like half out of it this morning, just exhausted. And I get this message from Sean, dude, look at this. And he's sending me clips of, of Max Christie. And in one in particular, he slides, slides, stays in front of his man, defensively recovers, blocks the shot. I'm like, yep, yep. That you, know, you can see where the flashes of what he can eventually become. Again, 19, so I want to temper expectations. But what he could eventually be is exactly what so many teams around the NBA are looking for right now. And so for the Lakers to, number one, make the move to get that 35th pick and then to land him and knowing that his specific skill set will be a fit regardless of whether we're talking about the LeBron era or, or the post-LeBron era. I, I think it's a nice get for LA. I was, for one, really surprised that they were able to get such a good pick. I, I was pretty like certain that they were going to buy a, a draft pick. I thought it was going to probably be somewhere in the you know 40s. But the fact that they were able to get 35, like there's been a lot of really good talent found in 35, and they've even found talent, you know, in the 40s I, with Jordan Clarkson obviously being one of them. Yeah. Uh, so I was really happy about that. And, and the fact that they were able to find a 19 year old guy with a seemingly tremendous upside, I, I'm just, again, I, I'm so excited. Um, again, you guys have covered this on the show earlier, but um, they're, they're doing a really good job this offseason. I'd say they're three for three. Um, you know, the Darvin ham hire looks good, you know, based off of, uh, you know, what we can see so far, uh, and, and it's kind of universally seen as a good move. And then they were able to acquire a draft pick, a very good draft pick, nearly a, my camera's falling, <laughs> uh, nearly a first round pick. Um, and from the looks of it, the guy they got is, is going to be really talented and, and help the team and, and maybe be able to step in and help right away. I think this is a good example, too. And yes, I, can, I think he can step in. I don't know how much he'll play right away, right away, because, again, he's got to get stronger. But if he can shoot, you never know. You know, I mean, I, I said the same thing about Austin Reeves. He needed to get stronger, and then he wound up being a factor last season. I, I'm a little bit worried if he is relied upon too much right away. Like, what does that mean happened with the rest of the Lakers roster if they're relying on him immediately? But... Um, that being said, I think this is a good example just in, in terms of the process to get the selection to get Max Christie of why relationships matter in the NBA. I don't think 
it's a coincidence that when the Lakers got Taylor Horton Tucker, they also traded with the Orlando Magic. And you see this historically. Teams tend to trade with the same teams. It's just, it's kind of the way it goes. Once you develop a good relationship, those things matter. Those things transfer over across different years. And uh, and I think that was the situation here. The Lakers, in particular, latched on to that 35th pick. They zeroed in on it because it was Orlando, because they'd done previous business with them, and they knew that they could probably get a deal done with them once again. Yeah, and and that's a good sign. You know, you hear a lot of rumors, uh, you know, they could be true or maybe not, that Rob Palenka doesn't have a great reputation in the league uh-huh. uh, from his agent days. But uh, when you see things like that, it seems, you know, the Lakers have done many trades with the Washington Wizards, and now they've done multiple trades with the Orlando Magic. That kind of shows you there that at least there is built-in relationships in the Rob Palenka era, uh, and maybe there's not as much smoke to those rumors as you know you fear there would be, and 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 that's the hope. Uh, I, I'm again, I, I'm I'm very excited about this offseason. You know, we're getting into free agency next week, uh, which is which is going to be the real meat of yeah. things. And and kind of to your point, not relying on Max Christie too much. That's going to uh, come down to what they do in free agency and who they can go get. And and a lot of it is going to come down to Darvin Ham, obviously, and him managing the minutes of all the players. And hopefully putting out the right rotations to where, you know, he'll just uh, Max Christie is what I'm talking about. He'll be like the icing on the cake and not yeah. relied upon like, you know, if you look at Austin Reeves, we we replied relied on him so much last year because he was just one of those guys that like, he, you know, he always came in and made great plays. Uh, and and I wouldn't say that we relied on him too much because he he came through every time. But you don't want to put that type of pressure on a rookie. Right. You just want him to be able to kind of come in and contribute because it's a learning process for him as well. Austin Reeves got an opportunity last season because so many other things fell apart, right? That, you know, so many other guys, they thought they'd be able, be able to rely upon and then they couldn't. And so next thing you know, up, oh, all right, Austin, go ahead. And then he, he impressed. Um, I'm hoping that's not what happens with Max Christie. Look, I want to see Max Christie play. I want to see him be great, all that kind of stuff. But, I think if he is getting serious minutes, especially early on in the season, that tells you things really went wrong with the additions to the rest of the rosters. So that that would be a concern. But again, I, I'm excited for him. I think the upside is there. Uh, Mob Mentality is asking, is THT playing in Summer League? I haven't heard anything official on this, but I can tell you almost certainly no. He didn't play last season. There's no way he's playing this season after with three years in the league. There's just there's no reason for him to, to do it. So I don't think so. I mean... It, Austin Reeves is questionable whether or not he should even play in summer league. There's no way THG is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you there, especially since he didn't play last year. Avi B says Max is 19. Look at Moody and golden state. He won't help now. Yeah. And I I don't think he should be leaned upon to help right now. Again, 19 years old, give him time, let him develop. He might, he might spend time in the G league, but skill set wise, I think it's a, it's a really good target for the Lakers that they landed. Let's see what else we've got here. Well, all right. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Somebody said Austin, Mike Wolf says Austin Reeves is too good for summer league. Yeah, you're probably right, but I kind of hope not too, because selfishly I'd like to see him play in, uh, in summer league. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love to see him play. That's right. All right. Let's, let's talk about the Kyrie situation. So before we get into all the logistics and all, all that kind of stuff and, and how they would have to go about getting him and we talk about leverage and we talk about the Nets and where they're at and Kevin Durant, how he factors in all these other teams. Do you want Kyrie Irving 
on the Lakers. Let's just start there. <laughs> Man, uh, yes, yes. You know, I mean, obviously in, in a world, if it fits Kyrie or Russell Westbrook, I would take Kyrie Irving. Um, I would even take Kyrie Irving in a situation where we had to give him an extension. I would love to not give him four years, five years, whatever it is, if we can get like three years, uh, you know, and obviously that's probably the, the issue they're having in, in, um, in Brooklyn is, is the, the amount of years and the max contract, yada, yada, yada. But having Kyrie Irving there during LeBron's time, because I think we're going to have LeBron for at least two more years. So even if we had Kyrie Irving one year beyond that with Anthony Davis, I'm not upset with that. And then if we need to rebuild after that, that's great. That's fine. But there's something about the dynamic between, and I, and maybe I'm just being hopeful. There's something about the dynamic between LeBron and Kyrie that makes me feel like it could work. And what I mean by it is Kyrie being on the floor and contributing. And, and we know if he's on the floor, he's going to contribute. The, the issue is when he's, when he's on the floor. It just, to me, it feels like he'll he'll be there. And I think, you know, with the Lakers ties, um, him being such a Kobe guy, he's going to kind of carry that pride and 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 respect, um, you know. But, you know, then again, you could say the same thing. He's, he's from New York, so maybe not. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm so torn on it, clearly. <laughs> and what is your thinking? I mean, I think, and here's AJ's bringing up a good point. Do you expect LeBron to sign the extension? I think if this is the move that gets LeBron to sign the extension, yeah, you, you do it. You figure out a way to, to make it happen. I think the reason why, so in a vacuum, do you want Kyrie Irving? Do you, do you want to put him on your team and give him a long-term extension and commit to him? I don't know about that. But in the Lakers-specific situation, do you want Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook? That's a different discussion. That's much Kyrie Irving all day, every day, easily. Easily. I mean, just fit-wise. It's not even close. So if that is the trade-off, you move off of Russell Westbrook and you get Kyrie in. And look, there's a lot that comes with Kyrie Irving beyond what he does on the basketball court. And that's going to be a factor in any team's decision-making there. But you have a much greater chance of success. You have a much higher ceiling with a trio of LeBron, Kyrie, and Anthony Davis than if you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. So Simply because of that, yes, I'm I'm in on going to get Kyrie Irving. And I think the situation with the Nets is going to be a really interesting one because there's le like there's different ways you can look at this to suggest one side has leverage or the other side does. I mean, Kyrie in theory could opt out. And I think the ideal for the Lakers would be he signs for six million. I mean, I think that's pretty far fetched. But if he opts in, it sounds like if the recent rumors are to believe be believed none of the other teams that are on Kyrie's list really want him. Um, or at least the Lakers have the most interest of any of those teams. So does the, that give the Lakers a little bit of leverage in negotiations? But then you still have to give something to the Nets that they would actually want. And I don't think that's Russell Westbrook. So now you're talking about getting a third team involved somehow, some team that would involve, that would value cap space because that's what you can provide when you're trading Russell Westbrook's salary. It's, I think there's going to be a lot more twists and turns but if the end result is you go from Russell Westbrook to Kyrie Irving, I think that is a positive for the Lakers. 
for next season. And if I'm Rob Palenka, I'm doing what I can to figure out a way to make that happen. If you can do it within reason, you're not getting crazy and throwing in just insane things. You do it, but you've got to be the team that's willing to pay Kyrie. you got to be the team that says Kyrie's a fit. And with all of that factored in, I do wonder what kind of bargaining power the Lakers are going to have if the other teams in the NBA are saying, we don't want to be the next team to pay them, which may be where we're at. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It, it's hard for me, and maybe you've heard something, uh, but it would be hard for me to believe that Miami and the Clippers would not be interested, especially the Clippers who have been looking for a point guard. Um, and then Miami as well, you know, Kyle Lowry hasn't quite worked out the way they were hoping. And I think you can kind of look at the series they had with Boston and, and you can say, yeah, maybe they were like a star away from winning that series. Um, so, I mean, you put Kyrie Irving in, in Miami, and again, the Miami culture, you know, maybe that works. It would be hard for me to believe that they would not be interested. That being said, my personal opinion is this is all just leverage. Uh, yeah. It's posturing. I think there's there's such a little chance that he's not going back to Brooklyn because, again, Brooklyn wants to please Kevin Durant. Um, they, they don't want to risk – doing a trade that's going to you know lower the value of the team and lower and by, by when i mean by lower the value lower their ability to compete uh and and you know that's really they have a superstar to please as well is is long story short so it, it it's i think it's just posturing um ultimately i think they're going to find some common ground they're going to give Kyrie four years or whatever it ends up being mm -hmm. Kyrie takes three years and maybe an option or whatever it is they're going to find a way um, they're going to agree on the money because it's just too difficult for me to see them not bringing him back when it really comes down to, you know, push comes to shove. So, uh, you know, and, and I would rather that than him go somewhere else. <laughs> yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I would rather Kyrie just stay with the Nets. If the options are stay with the Nets or go to the Clippers, stay with the Nets, Kyrie, just stay, just stay. Yeah, stay don't, home. don't do it. Don't stay do home. that. But I, <laughs> I get what you're saying. I think that I think you're right. I think ultimately the most likely, despite what's going on right now, most likely outcome is he stays. I think that a lot of this was from Kyrie initially, at least about creating leverage. Maybe we've gotten to a point where the back and forth got so heated between the two sides that Kyrie's like, oh, no, then forget it. I'm out. That's possible. 
I think Kevin Durant is a wild card in all this. If Kevin Durant is telling the Nets already, yeah, I don't really know how much, how committed I am. That changes a lot, um, which is what we're hearing, that he's kind of monitoring the situation and trying to figure things out with the with the Nets. I also think it changes what the Nets want in return, which is why this is all so fluid. If Kevin Durant is staying and Kyrie says, I'm out, either I opt in and you trade me and I get that 5% or 15% trade kicker, $5 million, or if you guys aren't willing to do that, I'm just going to go take somebody's taxpayer mid-level. If that's where we're at, but Kevin Durant says, I'm staying, then the Nets are looking to trade Kyrie and get back stuff to help Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant says, you know what? I don't care what Kyrie does. I want out too. And he's got four years under contract. So that's a whole other topic. I mean, that's that's big picture NBA topic in terms of the next CBA negotiations. If you've got guys like Ben Simmons and now maybe Kevin Durant asking out with four years under contract, that could have some major ramifications in the next collective bargaining agreement. But if KD says he's out too, then the Nets are, are not wanting necessarily stuff to win right now. Instead, they're wanting to get stuff to help them build the next iteration of their team. So for the Lakers, with everything being so fluid, I mean, Rob Polink is just going to have to stay on top of things and try to figure out what direction it is that the Nets want to go, what direction Kyrie wants to, wants to go. And with Kyrie, that can change day to day, hour to hour. You, you, just, you never know. So trying to predict the outcome of this situation is all but impossible because of those factors and because it's it's Kyrie. And we've got a super chat here says, I would rather have Russ, at least I know he's going to play. Availability matters, and Russell Westbrook does indeed show up every night. I still just revert back to fit, and I think Kyrie is the better fit, even if the availability isn't what it would be with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I remember someone recently said, uh, availability is not the best ability because – you know, no, no offense to, you know, J.R. Smith. You might be able to get J.R. Smith for 82 games. Yeah. But I'd rather have Kevin Durant for 41. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. This is an interesting thing here. I hadn't thought of an angle that I hadn't taken here. Dennis says Kyrie is the gamble the Lakers have to take. And it's what Rob needs to save his job. I don't know if I'll go that far that he it's what he needs to save his job. But if you bring back Russ, there's a decent chance that we see, there's a chance anyway, that we see more of a repeat of last season. And that results in Rob Palenka being gone. Because realistically, what's he, how much is this team going to change with a taxpayer bid level and veteran minimums? That's all you've got to spend in free agency. Maybe you can bank on the health of Braun and AD. And that brings things around. Maybe you can bank on Darvin Ham fixing things for you a little bit and, and finding a way to make Russell Westbrook a bigger contributor. But if Rob Palenka, this season, he has to prove himself and he has to fix this, bringing back all three guys could put you down the path to a, a repeat of what we saw last season, which would result in him leaving. So maybe this is an opportunity for Rob to change something drastically enough to alter the trajectory of the team and put them on a path that would lead to him not being let go at the end of the season. Maybe that's something that he's got to think about. Well, they've been trying to pair another star with Anthony Davis and LeBron since we got Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, you know, we, and it started with Kawhi. Uh, I believe that summer they also went after Kimball Walker and D'Angelo Russell. 
So they've been trying to get that third guy. Eventually they got Russell Westbrook. It didn't work. So I don't see them changing course and saying, you know, if they have the opportunity to get another third guy that will clearly fit, even though he's got some question marks as far as his availability, I can see them definitely going for it. And then if I was in his position, it would definitely be something I would look into as well. I know all of the question marks with Kyrie Irving and how he has not really been available over the years. But if I'm sitting in his chair, I'm also looking into the Kyrie Irving situation. I, I think any like responsible GM would be looking into that situation. Um, and what it comes down to, you know, as far as his job, I think he's made some good moves. And I also think Rob Palenka being a bad GM is a little bit over like over it's a little bit overhyped. I don't think he is as bad and he has been as bad as people have um have said he is. He has made a few mistakes. Uh the Russell Westbrook being a very loud mistake. Mm -hmm. But He's also made some very good decisions, and I can just run over them very quickly. Obviously, he started free agency on day seven and put that championship team together in 2019. Yeah, waiting, um, on, waiting on Kawhi and then having – I was impressed with that. Waiting on Kawhi, and then the second they got the answer from Kawhi, backup plan executed yeah. immediately. Danny Green, all, the, all these guys just boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, had them lined up ready to go. That was very nice work. And put together a team that fit and you can call it luck you know you could say you could call it luck but let's continue uh demarcus cousins goes down nobody was touching dwight howard at yep. that time he took a chance on dwight howard dwight howard worked out beautifully um gets markeith morris on the uh on the buyout market he worked out great for us he was a very good role player for us for a couple of years markeith was great um now you go to the very next year i you know, the Dennis Schroeder thing didn't work. We've talked about this before. The Dennis Schroeder thing ultimately did not work. But I went back recently and I looked at that team. Uh, that team was really good. Mm -hmm. They were 28 and 14 when Solomon Hill dove into LeBron James's legs and changed everything. LeBron missed 25 games. While he was out, while Anthony Davis was out, they were still a top five defense in the league. Without your two superstars, that's huge. Um LeBron comes back. He's not the same, but they're still rolling. They're doing pretty good. They're up 2-1 on Phoenix in the first round of the playoffs. Anthony Davis goes down. KCP is hurt. People don't forget about that. KCP played, but he, was, right. he wasn't himself, and he was the primary defender on Devin Booker. The series changed, but ultimately that was a good team that he put together. He made trades. He brought in the uh, sixth man of the year, brought in the sixth man of the year runner-up. Um you know, I think he's made some good choices and 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 good decisions. And again, the Russell Westbrook is such a loud mistake that it kind of drowns everything else out. Agreed, a hundred percent. I mean, that's that's the thing. The two previous seasons for Rob were pretty good. I mean, even even the season that didn't work out right after winning the championship, that was largely injury. The Lakers during that off season were credited as being the team that improved the most coming off a championship. And Rob Palenka was seen as the GM that had done the most to improve his roster, getting Montrezl Harrell, getting Dennis Schroeder, getting Marcus Saul, Wesley Matthews, bringing those guys in. I think he's done a nice job. This last summer was just extraordinarily bad, and a lot of it was the Russell Westbrook situation. And then the moves that had to be made as a result of getting Russell Westbrook and not having money to go spend, as well as the decision to not keep Alex Caruso. And again, that's that's usually more of a ownership. You know, Rob doesn't decide, hey, we're going to spend or we're not going to spend. That's not his decision. 
So I think overall he's done a solid job, but last season was pretty bad. So now he's got to get back on track here this summer, and we'll see if he can. A little bit of, of minor breaking news. Well, it's not Lakers breaking news, but NBA breaking news. Steve Clifford will now be the coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, wow. Yeah, which uh, interesting because D'Antoni was involved in the mix and everything, and now they're going back to Steve Clifford. Uh, he's getting that job after uh, Kenny Atkinson turned it down. So Steve Didn't D'Antoni go meet with uh, MJ? He did. He went and <laughs> met with him. MJ did not like what he saw or whatever. Here's, like, <laughs> here's the Lakers connection, though. What if Mike did This is conspiracy. I'm putting on my tinfoil hat. What if Mike D'Antoni said, I don't want to coach Russell Westbrook again. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Jordan said, well, he's coming. So <laughs> uh, you think that that video of the kid when he was looking for LaMelo and MJ walked out, did you think he maybe have just left that meeting with, with, uh, I didn't with see that. Dad? What is, what is this? You haven't seen that? No, it, it was like viral. There was this kid and he's in this parking garage and he's on like a scooter and he's like, Oh, we're about to see LaMelo ball. And like someone walks out, and he's like, "Hey, where's Lamelo at?" And then uh, they're like, "Oh, that's not Lamelo, that's Michael Jordan." <laughs> Michael Jordan walks. Out. He's like, "Can I get a picture?" Of you? And he's like, "Hey, put that camera down or something." I don't know what he says, but it's really funny. Yeah, you All gotta right. check it out. If I find it, I'll send it to you. It's it's really funny. But um, well, congrats to Steve Clifford. Yeah. Um, I I really really hope he's a Russell Westbrook fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> now that the Hornets take happen. care of that business, let's talk a little trade. Come on, Mitch. Yes. Okay, uh, let me get, let, let, let let's talk trade really quick here. Yeah. Um I got nervous uh, a day or so ago because I saw some rumor about uh Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner right. trade. Mm -hmm. And I thought, "Oh man, that could be tough for us because you know, obviously he's been the primary name thrown around in Russell Westbrook trades. I know there was the ob the other option of uh Rogier and um Plumlee and 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 uh, Ubre, but you know, maybe they don't feel they have to do that if they get off of the money of, of Gordon Hayward. So I was a little bit nervous about that. So I was really happy to see the Hornets take Mark Williams yes. in the draft because I thought, okay, maybe that means they don't want to spend the money on Miles Turner and do that trade, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, another thing that I wanted to bring up as far as Russell Westbrook trades, we could talk about Charlotte, but we've heard a lot about Charlotte. We've heard a lot about Indiana. What are we not hearing about? Because there's always those trades that you don't hear about. You know, Russell Westbrook itself kind of came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting to trade no. for Russell Westbrook last year. You know, we were, and then we were hearing all about, oh, you know, KCP and, and, uh, or it was Montrez Harrell and Kuz and they're going to Sacramento and that it's a done deal. And then all of a sudden, oh, the, the Trez thing, that the, the Trez thing came out of nowhere, nowhere. I, re I remember vividly going, what? How did the yeah. Lakers get Trez? That oh, was yeah. Impossible. Oh yeah, and yeah. even when when they were trading him, he was going to Sacramento with Kuz for Buddy Heald, and then out of nowhere, I mean, within, I mean, it went from that's a done deal to like an hour later, wow, we got Russell Westbrook. Yep. What about the trades we're not hearing about? That's interesting to me. Yeah, that and that's the kind of stuff that usually winds up getting done because it's kept quiet. It's the stuff that leaks out that, that doesn't get done as often. So. Yeah, I, I mean, would love to be a fly on the wall and some of those trade conversations and see exactly what the Lakers have available to them. And um, I, I want to get to the super chat real quick, and then, I, and then I've got a point here on the Russell Westbrook situation on the trade front. Brandon says, Trevor, do you see the, the situation with Kyrie and the Nets is souring? 
Uh, I think if he is not with the Nets, he's a Laker and it's looking good for now. It does feel like, and right now the Lakers are the betting favorite. If, if Kyrie is not a net, the Lakers are the favorite right now in terms of betting to land him. Now Lakers fans are legion. And so that creates sometimes inaccuracies in betting lines because Lakers fans will bet more and change lines. That way. So I don't look at betting lines as proof that that's exactly what's going to happen. But look, I mean, last yesterday we saw it with Paolo Bancaro, right? Was a plus 1600 to be taken. Number one, I think it was even higher at some point. And then suddenly that shifted. Somebody heard something. And next thing you know, he's being drafted number one overall. They even got to a point yesterday where they pulled the odds for the number one pick off the boards because nobody knew exactly what was going on. Um, so sometimes that can mean something. And right now the Lakers seem to be the favorite if he's not a net. Um, but I want to get back to my point on, on Russ. When we look at the, the NBA economy that we're in and you see what's happened, look at the Christian Wood trade and look how valuable cap space was in that trade, right? Look at how, I mean, they got a late first Houston did in exchange with part of the value being that they didn't take back any salary, right? In the deal. So cap space, pretty valuable there. The Jeremy Grant trade cap space, pretty valuable there, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Portland didn't even give up their number seven pick to get Jeremy Grant. They gave up the 2025 Milwaukee pick to get Jeremy Grant. Go back to CJ McCollum. Cap space. Yep. Cap space. So, yeah, you could say the 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 Blazers wanted that cap space in the CJ McCollum trade. That's what Russell Westbrook offers. Cap space. Not immediate, so I'm, it's not saying the value is the same. But with the moves that we've seen, cap space seems to be particularly valuable right now. This offseason, we've seen cap space prioritized over assets, over picks and things like that. And Russell Westbrook, if you're trading long-term contracts, offers cap space next year. Again, that's not the same as immediate cap space, but that gives me a little bit of hope that perhaps the current NBA economy values, not Russ, but Russ's contract, and maybe that'll make it a little bit easier for the Lakers to find a deal that works. Kind of makes you wish Jalen Brunson was a free agent next summer, right? You can call up yeah. the Knicks. Hey, we got to get out of jail yeah, free right. card for you. You know, we got to, we'll take all your contracts. So you clear them out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, man, I feel like that's going to happen. I think the Knicks are going to get Brunson. I think that's going to go down. There's too many, there's too many connections there with Leon Rose and Rose's mm. son being his agent. And it, I mean, Brunson's dad is coaching with the Knicks now. And I mean, there's a lot. And, and do the Knicks really make all those moves without knowing that they've got a pretty good shot landing them? Interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of movement. It was a lot was. of movement. So, well, we'll leave that for the, for your front office show. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Cassidy said, Lakers need to stop old school thinking. Boston Suns, Golden State Bucks all built up their teams. I know it's L.A., but would you rather have an empire or a quick fix? I have a point on this. Yes. This this has been bothering me all playoffs of everyone kind of jumping on the sh- the bandwagon of of like oh you know like you know look at Memphis and look at these teams and they're they're built and that's the way it's done and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah and it's like let's not ignore the fact that the Nets were a Kevin Durant toenail away from beating Milwaukee last year. Mm-hmm. Um what it really comes down to is roster construction, building a team that fits and whether that's through the draft or whether that's through free agency and trades, it does not matter. 
it's a it it's having a team that fits. You're not going to get an extra point. You're not going to get you know an extra win in a in a seven game series because like the referees aren't going to be like, well, they're a homegrown team. Let's give them some extra calls. Like they're that's not how basketball works. The better team wins. And again, whether you build that team through the draft or whether you build it through free agency and trades, that's what matters. The team just on the, the the guys you put on the floor have to fit. That being said, yeah, I would love to see the the Lakers build up some more talent. I want to see Austin Reeves develop under us. I want to see Max Christie develop under us, sure. and and guys that we go forward with, you know, in the in the years to come. But to to pretend like you can't make a team that's ready to win a championship uh, through trades or through free agency. It, it's ridiculous because we just did it two years ago. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think you've got LeBron. Well, it's, it sounds great. Let's build a team that is going to last for six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, right? That sounds great, but there's no guarantee that team is going to become that. No guarantee you're not going to become a treadmill team. You have to hit on all your draft picks. You have to hit on, on your free agent moves and all of that. So just going with younger players doesn't necessarily equate to wins. And right now you've got LeBron. So post LeBron, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to that model. And that's and that's fine. And I think that might be the preference. But right now you've got LeBron. And so you can't do that because if you do that, you put yourself on a timeline that doesn't match up with LeBron's timeline. Look, if LeBron tells the Lakers, hey, I'm leaving in 2023, okay, next summer we might be talking about how do you build sustainability? How do you bring in some young talent? How do you create a team that's going to be good for a while, but it might take a few years to get there? How do you do that? Maybe that's where we wind up, but that's not where the team is at right now. And they can't yeah. with LeBron yeah. on the roster. And and the only teams that uh, Matt Cassidy mentioned that have won championships are the Bucks and Golden State. So you have to be pretty certain that you're going to draft – the two greatest shooters in the history of the game right. or, or a guy that's six foot 11 and moves like a guy who's six feet tall. So like, you know, other Easy. than that, there's, there's no lock that even building through the draft is going to get you a championship. There's a million teams out there that have been building through the draft and it, it's just not working. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Quantum asks, any hope AD will be the best player on the team? Sure. I mean, he's got the talent to do it. Absolutely. I, that could certainly be a thing. He's got to stay healthy, and uh, and we'll see how he fits in uh, in Darvinham's offensive schemes. But I think he he certainly could be. I have a good feeling about it, about Anthony Davis this year, um, and and the biggest thing is can he stay healthy? Um, you know, so obviously that's unpredictable. We can't predict. You know, I can't say like, oh no, nobody's going to fall into his knee this year. Uh, can't predict that. But with the guys they brought in and Darvinham. I, I just have a feeling I think Anthony Davis is going to have a good year. I think we're going to see a lot of Giannis-style sets for Anthony Davis. I think Darwin's going to put him in that role. I think that could be uh, a good thing. Um, let's see. 
Anthony Johnson says, could we trade Russ for nothing in return and use the trade exception to sign KD and Kyrie for the mid-level? Uh, wow. No. <laughs> Kevin Durant is not a free agent. I mean, could you trade for Kevin Durant if you had a giant trade exception? In theory, yes, you could. Uh, you could absorb him. So let's say you paid – who could do it? Well, Detroit could do it now. Let's say – Detroit decided, no, we don't want DeAndre Aiden. We don't want Miles Bridges. We want two future firsts from the Lakers, and we'll absorb Russ's salary for next season, and we'll send nothing back to the Lakers, which will generate a $47 million trade exception. Then, in theory, if you had something else, I, don't know, I mean, pretend the Nets would do a second-round pick for Kevin Durant. They wouldn't, but in theory, yes, you could absorb Kevin Durant into a trade exception. But again, you'd have to have something to send to the Nets and after you pay the Pistons or whoever to absorb Russ's salary, you're not going to have that. You don't have yeah. the stuff to send to the Nets to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, I think, I think if Kevin Durant is traded, it might be the largest return we've ever seen because Kevin Durant is locked up for four more years under yeah. contract. So I don't think this is realistic, but just could this? Could you do those things in terms of NBA rules? Yes. Kyrie, could he uh, uh, sign for the mid-level? He could. Is that likely? No. I mean, this is never going to happen, but it, I mean, if for some reason things played out that way, then there's no, there, there's no rules against it going down that way, I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. Functionally, it can happen under the CBA, but it's not, not going to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have kind of a little wild question and I thought about last night and yeah. I may get booed out of the room for this, <laughs> but if we kept, if we had to keep Westbrook, mm -hmm. uh, Kimba Walker is supposed to get bought out. Would you take a chance on him in like a Rajon Rondo type of role? Maybe small role comes in. He can stretch the floor, hit some shots. If if Westbrook's not having a, I mean, it depends on who else they get in free agency, but he might be a guy that, you know, I mean, would you take that chance if we can get him for the minimum, not an MLE? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he definitely bent minimum. He looked pretty done, but I mean, if he's your backup and he's, he's willing yeah. to play 10, 15 minutes a night or something, you he know, still you shot 36% on four or five attempts. Yeah. I mean, he can, he can still shoot, but in terms of, can he do the other stuff you need him to do? I don't know. I, it, it, on a one year veteran minimum deal. Sure. Cause your, your risk is non-existent. As long as you don't trigger the hard cap, things don't work. You can always cut them and go sign somebody else for the veteran minimum. So um, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it as long as it's just a veteran minimum deal. That's fine. I wouldn't go the taxpayer mid level or anything for Hell him no. or the, the, yeah, I wouldn't do the taxpayer yeah. mid level, but a veteran minimum. Sure. Yeah. He was a guy I kind of, I, I thought about when I saw that he was going to get bought out last night, I kind of thought again, in that Rajon Rondo type of role, he comes in, he plays limited minutes, hits some shots, um, you know, and he can actually kind of play with the starting lineup if he needed to, you know, if, if, if if Russ isn't really working, obviously when we're doing this four out, you can kind of maybe put Russ with the second line. You know, he'll start. Russ will start, but you know, you can kind of play him a little bit heavier with the second unit and maybe Kimbo and and whoever else they get, uh, a younger guy can kind of share some minutes with some starters, you know, because you're gonna want a guy that can hit some shots. And if that's all he is at this point in his, in his career, though, is is a catch and shoot guy, you know, again, he's he's shot. 36% or or above uh, on four or five attempts for about four years straight years. So he still has that in his bag. And on a minimum, 
I would do it. Yeah, worth worth a look, I think, certainly. Uh, Greg Ward says, if we can get Kyrie and trade Westbrook to the Pacers for Turner and maybe healed, number 18 is on the way, but would the money work? Okay, so... Kyrie. Well, so Kyrie, you would have to get Kyrie for the mid-level. Right. So he would have to say, no, thank you. I do not want $30 million. Um, I feel like that's far-fetched. And then trade Westbrook plus whatever it takes to get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I don't know if the Pacers would be open to that. Um, no. I think they could probably <laughs> get a better deal out there, but... Yeah. In theory, if you could land those pieces, yes, I think that would be that would be a good thing for the Lakers. I just don't I don't think that's very likely to to happen for any of it. I don't think any of that is very likely to happen. I, I like I like your thinking, Greg. I hope you can put some good juju out into the universe and and maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I hope he's right. I hope that they figure out some way and, and Kyrie gets so upset with the Nets, he just says, Oh yeah, I'm gonna show you. Lakers all play for six million. Let's go. And I mean, that would yeah. that would obviously be nice. But you know, I'd even I'd even can take do some concessions and say uh, we don't even need both of these situations. I'd be happy with just one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kyrie from the MLE or Westbrook for Buddy Hield and Miles <laughs> Turner. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, one, that, one, that, one, that yeah. would work out. That would work out. I'd be okay with that too. Uh, Joe Nolva said, "I hope Chris Gent helps both." AD and Max was shooting. Yeah, I mean, he was LeBron's shooting coach in the past. Um, He's worked well, so hopefully that does. It it is something that matters and and can help him along. I still have some concerns that they didn't go get a veteran head coach to be on Darvin Ham's bench. But aside from that, I mean, pretty much everybody's hired has had glowing reviews. So hopefully that lack of head coaching experience isn't an issue and these guys can get the best out of all the players. Yeah, yeah, if we can see a, a return of Anthony Davis's uh, more consistent shooting this year, that's going to be huge for us. I, I, we need it. it. It has to happen. Quantum says the one GM that would pay Russ next year is Mitch. Oh, I, I don't. The Mitch. Hornets wouldn't keep him. They would. He'd be an expiring contract. I have no idea. And this is maybe we should discuss this. I have no idea where Russ is going to be next year, but. If you have any optimism that Russ will work this year with the Lakers and will buy into whatever it is that he needs to do, and, and Darvin Ham's talked about defense, and Rob Palenka was talking about welcoming him, welcoming him back with open arms if he opts into his contract like it's a serious question. They don't know whether or not he's really going to do that. Um, I think the contract situation is a big factor. Right? Like, Darvin Ham's contract last well beyond Russell Westbrook's that might matter. And Russell Westbrook is going to be a free agent next year in 2023. He picks up his option this year. Next year, he's going to be a free agent. And that could be a rude awakening. If he doesn't prove this season that he can play in the modern NBA, he's got plenty of money. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe he just says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to be me. And and that's it. That could be, but I think he needs, if he wants to extend his NBA career, he needs to show that he can adapt his game to what the team needs and the realities of the modern style of play. And so I think because of those things, there should be some optimism that we're going to see 
a better version of Russell Westbrook, in addition to just him being more bought in Darvin Ham and everything, I think contractually, he's got a lot to prove this season so that he is a commodity on the market next summer. Well, we've heard over and over again that he has accepted Darvin Ham's uh-huh. Uh, you know, mission statement, or you know, his 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 goal of of getting Russell Westbrook to buy in on the defensive end first. Mm-hmm. He and apparently, you know, he's 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 all in on that. He's 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 not all in enough to to pick up that option though. <laughs> he he still hasn't picked up that option, but he's accepted the challenge, just not the option. I wanted to point that out, and what by that. You- I, I just want well, to he Russell. didn't want to pick up the option pre-draft because then all the trade talks swirling around during the draft then just makes it so the Lakers could trade him during the draft. But of course. But, but what do you think about that that statement? I mean, I mean, it's such a Polinka statement. We'll welcome him back with open arms. I, I think we, he, 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 he has to say that, right? He has to. It is the worst kept secret in the world that they are shopping Russell Westbrook. They cannot trade him yet. But they're shopping. They're trying to make deals. They may have a deal on the table, yeah. you know, um, but they can't do anything about it. But they still have to operate in a world that Russell Westbrook might be coming back. Maybe Russell Westbrook is coming back. Mm-hmm. And they, there's nothing they can do until he makes his decision on that player option. Um, and, I, and I think it's smart also to play both sides because – he may be back as of right now. He most likely is coming back. So you have to say, yes, we would love to have him back, not only for appearances, more posturing, but also for Russell Westbrook. You want him to feel, you don't want him to come back into a locker room of, of guys that you know, and he knows, oh, this team did not want me. The only reason right. I'm here is because they could not trade me. Because how bought in, how much is he going to buy in on that situation? If he's yeah. already going into that situation that way. So he has to say that. Polinka can't get up there and say, well, man, <laughs> we're sweating it out right now. We're hoping, can you guys kind of keep it quiet? We're hoping he forgets about the contract extension or, or the, the, the player option. We're kind of hoping it just flies under the radar and uh, maybe he'll be distracted by fashion or something like that. And he's not going to pick <laughs> up that player option. That's what we're hoping. But in lieu of that, we are trading this guy. We're getting him out of here. Like, and then it doesn't happen and you're stuck with him and that then you've got a mess on your hands. So yeah, you can't, that has to be his approach right now. Even if the Lakers are looking to trade him and re- realistically look around what's happening around the NBA, what Christian Wood is, Wood is gone from Houston. That was one of the scenarios where we said, maybe you do trade Russ to Houston. If it's not just John wall, but you're getting John wall and Christian Wood in a package for Russ and THT or something. Okay. Well, that's off the table. Now the Knicks, they're clearing cap space not to absorb Russell Westbrook, but to make a run for Jalen Brunson right now. So Russ being an expiring for next year doesn't help that much. So maybe the Knicks are off the table now. The Pacers have all these options with Malcolm Brogdon. All we're hearing is all these teams that are after him. That may no longer be an option. The, the Lakers are saying they're going to keep Russ, but the landing spots are dwindling. And maybe we're not recognizing it because we've been so keyed in on Charlotte. But yeah. the walls are closing in a little bit on a Russell Westbrook trade. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Maybe, maybe Charlotte comes through and something works out there and, and you get a deal and off you go. But it feels like the landing spots for Russell Westbrook have shrunk in the last week or so. And um, 
that just makes it all the more likely that they do wind up just bringing him back. I think the biggest um, factor will be watching Charlotte. And I, and I advise people to keep their eye on what Charlotte does in the next week. If we see them make some big moves, if they trade Gordon Hayward, if they trade Terry Rozier or they shed Plumlee or Ubre somehow, and it, it, that's not a good sign for us because I think that still is the most likely option for a Russell Westbrook trade. And if that goes away, then prepare. I mean, we, I think you should already prepare for Russell Westbrook to come back, but um, it, it's it's about ninety nine point nine at that point. Yeah, if they if they clear salary another way without getting Russ, that's 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 right now that's the Lakers' best shot is the Hornets if they're going to try to move Russ. Uh, Oshafi said, I'm super interested to see how the next CBA goes with the level of abuse by players and their contracts. You know, it's not the NBA. The NBA doesn't like this. The NBA doesn't. It's a bad look when you've got players who have four years left on their contracts and they're asking out already. Um, we talk a lot about the the hard cap, triggering the hard cap, sign and trade, triggering a hard cap, accepting a player in that. That was also a bad look once upon a time where – we had a period in the NBA where the NBA said, we're going to make it easier for incumbent teams to keep their stars by making it so they can give a bigger raise to those stars. And they thought that would work. But what happened, and this happens a lot, the NBA does something and there is an unintended consequence. And the unintended consequence was stars and their agents started negotiating with teams and getting to the point where they would say, okay, well, I'm either going to leave and I'm going to go sign with this other team, or we can do a sign and trade and you can get something back for me. Right. And so teams would say, Oh, well, all right, we'd rather get something back. And so then you had all of these sign and trades going on where players were forcing their way out and they were signing a contract with the incumbent team to get the max level raises that they can and the max level money that they can, and then going somewhere else, signing the contract and then picking their location. The NBA didn't like the look of that. And so they made it more difficult to do a sign and trade. I think we're going to see the same thing in this CBA where they're going to make, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but they're going to make there be some kind of a penalty to prevent players from trying to get out of a team when they still have multiple years under contract. If a guy has one year left and, and gives his team a heads up, like Anthony Davis, look, it got contentious with, with New Orleans and they still hate him. But if you know Anthony Davis goes to New Orleans and he says, look, I'm a free agent in a year. I'm not going to come back. You guys, need, you guys should trade me and get something for me. I have no problem with that. If I'm the team, I want that. I don't want to lose the guy for nothing. I want them to give me a heads up. But four years left under contract, signing a deal and then immediately asking out, I think you have to draw a line there, and I think we are indeed going to see that addressed somehow in the next CBA. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think some of it is pre-planned. And it could be an agreement with the team. I've actually heard Ramona Shelburne kind of refer to this in the past, where you know you kind of make an agreement with the team of let's see if let's see if we can work this out. Like example, if Bradley Beal goes back on a five-year max contract, he yes, may too. have an agreement with with the team of let's see what you can do for two years. If you can't if you can't put a team around me, then trade me. And 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 that's fair. Um, right. I, I, Paul, I tried Paul George to look- did that with the Thunder. That was that was the situation with Paul George and the Thunder too. Same same deal. Can't have it in writing, but they verbally said, "Sign with us, and if it's not working out, tell us, and we'll be happy to trade you." Absolutely. 
And and I agree with you. I mean, you always want to get something. Like if you're going to lose a superstar and you can get a Brandon Ingram in return, uh-huh. you always gonna you're gonna choose that 10 times out of 10 rather than him just walking away. Um and you know, the other side of the coin that I also don't really really like seeing is a Blake Griffin Clippers situation where you know they they give him yes. this big pitch and and his his jerseys in the in the in the Raptors and and please you know you we want you here for life and then he signs that contract and a year later he's traded. It wasn't even uh, it was like it was like five months or yeah. something like that. it was that yeah. same season like yeah unbelievable yeah, yeah. so I I see both sides you know I try to I think I used to look at things as pro team and now I I, I can maybe because I'm an athlete or whatever I I tend to look at things a little bit more pro player. But there's got to be some fair middle ground because I also don't like, you know, signing the the one year or signing the four year contract and then asking out for for one year. But the last point I want to make about this situation is uh, one reason why I don't have a, a huge problem with player movement, which a lot of people hate it. I don't have a problem with it because to me, that's some of the most ex- outside of the actual games. Oh, that's yeah. some of the most exciting things. I mean. Look at you know trade deadline. There's 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 shows and there's all the I mean like there's so much attention on the sport in free agency and the draft and 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 the trade deadline and it creates so much entertainment and if and if that like went away or or, or lowered it just wouldn't be as fun. So right. I, I I enjoy player movement. The NBA benefits from having the greatest off season in professional sports. They I, I mean it's. And so that that's a factor too. If you're the NBA, as unseemly as it can be sometimes, you don't want to completely cut that off. Because let's face it, I mean, we see it. We're looking at it right now. We've got, I mean, almost double the amount of people, a little bit less than double the amount of people we would have in here on a normal Friday afternoon in the offseason because of player, because all this stuff is exciting. Um, and it's fun. So... There's that element to it too, where if you go too far, if you're the NBA, you're shooting yourself in the foot, right? Right, because you're you're taken away from that that excitement. Um, this is a, an interesting question here. What are the realistic trade packages to get Cam Reddish? We know the Lakers tried to get Cam Reddish, almost had him. Thanks a lot, Knicks and Raptors, for messing that up. Um, they were going to get him last year at the at the trade deadline. The problem with going after Cam Reddish right now is what the Knicks are looking for. It's cap space. They want to make that offer to probably Jalen Brunson. Maybe it's Kyrie. We don't know, but most likely Jalen Brunson. That's what we're hearing. So the Lakers don't have cap space to give the Knicks for Cam Reddish. Not this season. So that's the the tough part here. So realistic packages. I don't think the Lakers have what the Knicks want. Did the Lakers have pieces that could be worth Cam Reddish? Sure, you could argue Taylor Horton Tucker for Cam Reddish. Let's go. Right? You could argue that's a good swap. But that doesn't get the Knicks what it is that they're looking for at the moment. So now you're talking about looping in a third team that could send cap space, um, you know, whether they absorb a player via a trade exception or, or something like that. It's messier. So I don't see a direct one-to-one trade between the Knicks and the Lakers right now, not because of value, but because of what it is that the Knicks are clearly trying to do at the moment to get uh, Cam Reddish to L.A. This is unlikely, but... Um, I believe the Lakers have uh, one or two trade uh, exceptions, and, and one of them might be worth about a little over $2 million. So Cam Reddish makes, I, I think, like five. Yeah. Is is there, again, 
not likely. But is there a world where they pick up the option on Winyan Gabriel and send him to the Knicks? And because the Knicks are just trying to cut salary, so if they can turn a five million dollar contract into a two million dollar contract, maybe that's worth it to them if they get a second round pick for it. And would you do it? Obviously, I like Winyan Gabriel, but uh, you know, if it was Winyan Gabriel and a trade exception, send them a pick or two. You, you maybe can't, you're you're not allowed to add the trade exception to a player. You can't. Put those two no, I mean, can't together. you use that to bring in a, a a a more expensive player? No, you can use it to bring in. If you had a two million dollar trade exception, you could use it to bring in a two million dollar player. Oh, I thought That's you could it. add that. Whoa. Yeah, you can't combine it with a player. So, un- unfortunately, because yes, if you could, then you could stack up some salaries and maybe make something work there. Yeah, but yeah, you can't add it to to a player like wow. like the Celtics right now. They have like a seventeen million dollar trade exception. And they're looking at, can we bring in a player that's right. making this much? They can't go and attach like Marcus Smart or something to the trade exception and, and bring in a, a player that's even more expensive. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They have like 10 trade exceptions. Yeah. It's and ridiculous. I saw it on, on uh on Twitter last night. Oh, Celtics fans were angry. Angry because they're expecting this trade exception to get used, that they've got this big one that they've got from Evan Fournier. They're expecting it to be used. And it didn't get used last night, and the clock's ticking to use it. So the Celtics had just said, we will spend. We're going to spend. We're, we're, we were right there. We're, gonna, we're, we're willing to spend now. And then they didn't use that trade exception. A lot of Celtics fans were assuming something big was coming, and it didn't happen. Still might happen. They've got time to still use it, but just they are expected to use that trade exception and not just let it expire. And so the clock's ticking on them to, to figure out something with that. Well, Celtics fans, you know who you can get. Evan Fournier. <laughs> That's been going around that maybe they could just absorb, reabsorb him into his own trade exception would be kind of unprecedented. But that would help the Knicks out. And yeah, it would. the Knicks would do it. Absolutely. The Knicks would do it. Um, Lake Shoshan said, I find it interesting that Darvin Ham mentioned Stanley, Wenyon, and Reeves as youth, but doesn't mention THT. What does that mean, if anything? Mm. I don't. I don't know if it's because contractually THT is not paid as a young player, which interestingly enough, THT is the youngest of those guys by a decent yeah. margin, right? Austin Reeves is what, 24? Yeah. I think Wenyon is 25. Stanley, I believe, is also 25. If I'm off, I'm by a year or two there. Um, and THT is 21. So he is the youngest player. So it's interesting, but contractually, he's not paid like, a guy who's kind of got to prove himself in the NBA or something like right. that. So I think that might be a factor. I'm not reading into this like, oh, he's not being mentioned among the young players. That's proof he's gone. Like like LeBron's letter when he was coming back to Cleveland and he didn't mention Andrew Wiggins and everybody went, yeah, he, he knows Andrew Wiggins is getting traded. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it that yeah. way. I don't think that's the case. I think it's the contract that's making it you don't necessarily put him in that category, even though technically, yes, he's younger than all of these guys, so he should be. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's looking at them. When he calls them the young guys, it's probably more so the guys that are still proving themselves and uh, they're 
I believe are on team options and still trying to earn their spot, uh, their permanent spot in the NBA. And that's probably more so what he means, whereas uh, THT is pretty solidified. He's he's here to stay. And we know that. And obviously, unless he gets traded, but he's not he's not worried about his money. Do you think THT is on the roster the start of the season? That's a tough one. You know, what you haven't heard a lot about, which could be, which could go either way, is now that Kendrick Nunn has opted in, you haven't heard a ton about, oh, the Lakers are offering THT and Kendrick Nunn again for whatever. You haven't heard a ton about that. That doesn't mean the conversations aren't taking place, though. So um, a lot of it, I think, may have to come down to, like you've talked about it on the show, is what happens with Russell Westbrook, because they aren't a good fit together. So, um, you know, if they if they keep Russ, maybe they find some or some other move. And and also they could be waiting to see what they do in free agency um, because they, you know, if they strike out on a few types that they're trying to get in free agency, then they may look at Taylor Horton Tucker and think, OK, well, we're going to have to trade him to get this right. because we couldn't get it in free agency. So I think. If he does, I know I'm not answering the question at all. <laughs> is he going to be on the roster? Uh, I think we just have to wait and see. There's so many question marks. Yeah, I think that there's a decent chance that he is. I think the Lakers still believe in him and believe in his talent, but they will certainly try. I think they're going to see what's out there on the market. I think part of the problem, too, and the reason why we don't hear a lot of the discussion about it is everybody knows, right? Like, teams know. Like, if you're you're the Raptors and you're thinking about making a trade with the Lakers. You know, you have two options, the package of Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Dunn or Russell Westbrook. There's not a lot else that the Lakers really can trade. It's not like, like if you call out the Atlanta Hawks, who've got a bunch of players that are kind of in that mid range, you've got, you know, you've got Kevin Herter, you've got uh, Bogdanovich, you've got all these different, different pieces. You've got Gallinari, depending on whether or not his contract gets, gets picked up. You've got all these different guys. Right, and you can construct all these different trades with that roster. The Lakers, you really only have a couple of options, and everybody knows what they are, and that's it. So, how much is there really to to, to discuss or to dive into? So, that's probably part of it too. Why there's not as much talk of it right now because it's it's just it's out there. Everybody knows exactly what the Lakers can offer. Right, and I hate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can't, I, I just can't wait till we get back to a place where we have multiple pieces and it may not be until after next season where we mm-hmm. may have some cap space where we can kind of build a team similar to what we did in, in 2019. It may even be the season after that, but I, I'm looking forward to getting back to that place where we have options. That could be coming next summer, 2023. If LeBron says I'm out, as of right now, and this might change in a week. We are a week from from free agency um, starting. Less than a week now, actually. It's going to be uh, Thursday. The Lakers could add some salaries that go past this summer. And so that this could eat into this. But as of right now, if LeBron leaves, the Lakers have THT and Anthony Davis. And that's it. It's a lot of cap room to play with. That mm-hmm. could change their trajectory very, very quickly, for better or for worse. You know, it would give them a lot of spending power, and then it's what you do with that. That ultimately determines thing. Thanks. Uh, Vector Nova, we'll finish up with this. Said, obviously, the situation with Russ is the deciding factor, but I do think THT is still on the roster. Rob did put emphasis on youth and development. That is a good point. Uh, he did talk about that last night and about how they needed 
to develop young talent. If you're going to have any kind of sustainability, you have to do that. And so I think it's going to take the right deal to come along for the Lakers to move THT because I think they do still have faith in him and they believe in him. And we've talked about this, but if you look at THT and assume he's going to be the same as he was last year for a 21 year old player, that is not the likely outcome. If he's 28, then sure. You could say his age 29 season, it's probably going to be about the same, but 21 to 22, you're going to expect them there to be some growth, some development in between there. And I think the Lakers have to factor that in when they look at trade offers. Yeah. And, and a lot of, talk uh this past season was about his shooting and how it was not there it, it got better he did start hitting some shots towards the end of the season but we forget that he had uh hand surgery yeah. before the uh or what was it like right at the beginning of the season or something right didn't he hurt it in summer or um preseason yeah. right he broke his thumb or something like that so and you know obviously that most likely played a factor so if he comes back, you know, again, like you said, he's 21 years old. Uh, he still has a lot of room to grow, and hopefully he's, he does. You know, at, at 6'4", and arms like that, you know, he's he's got value. You know, that's clear. And and he's still a little bit of a question mark. So I can see them holding on to him because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got that upside. Might, might as well let him realize that potential, unless there's a great deal sitting out there that you just can't turn down. Exactly. All right, everybody. Well, that was a indeed a fun Friday. Scotty, fun Friday. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on here. I know impromptu, kind of last minute and everything, but appreciate you hopping on and uh, and talking some Lakers here. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Always fun. And uh, on to free agency next week. Let's go. <laughs> oh, people have been asking. I've got Paul says, "Where is Chris Masters uh, right now?" I believe I, I just talked to him yesterday. I believe he's in Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. he's wrestling down there, down there doing something. So he's been traveling all over the place. So I just I haven't had him on in, in a little bit, but I'm still, we still talk. I'm still talking to him pretty often and everything. So don't worry. I'm nice. sure he will pop on again at, at some point, but yeah, yeah, he's down there right now. Anyway, thank you everybody for, for coming on here and joining the show. It was indeed a fun Friday. Now we head into a weekend. I'm going to be on pins and needles for the next few weeks because the rumors are going to be flying Free agency starts in less than a week and the Lakers are going to get shaped this roster. And who knows Kyrie Irving within the next week, we could find out what his future holds. Will that land him in LA? So all the more reason to subscribe to the Lakers nation YouTube channel and then follow us over on Apple podcasts as well. Till next time, everybody have a great weekend. See ya and stay safe.